Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shirt and make a And today we are going to be talking about the first episode of Season 5, titled Sympathy for the Devil. Jamie, what did you think? I don't know where to start, because there's like five different places that I want to start. Most of them have me crowing in victory. All of them are recurring jokes that you are sick of by now. But this time it's different because you understand so much more why it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think I'm going to go straight to the least relevant point. Okay. Let's let's work Start ourselves. Least up. relevant. Go to yeah. The most. Let's okay. work ourselves up to it. I am still really pissy at Cass. Zachariah is clearly <laughs> the funniest angel in the garrison. He made that joke about synergy, and I'm like, <laughs> what do you fucking mean? It was Uriel. Cass. What the fuck are you doing? He's so fucking like, funny. He's evil, but I love him. Like, also, how is the drama, the flair of making the finger gun to shoot Sam? Beautiful. Iconic. How about we cure you of stage four stomach cancer? You know, like, he- You've got stomach cancer now. Congratulations. Like, like he just, he has something going on. Just a certain je ne sais quoi. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> he is out here being iconic. He is out here being a bitch. He got rid of Sam's lungs. What kind of, that's such an imaginative take. Like, if Alistair was Picasso with a razor, Zachariah is whatever the heaven counterpoint of that yeah. is. Like, I, I am pissy on his behalf. <laughs> He's not getting the recognition he deserves. <laughs> Like, yeah, Uriel's the funniest. Uriel has Jack fucking squat compared to Zachariah. (laughs) Zachariah is out here doing the most. Maybe that's why Zachariah hates Cass so much. Maybe he just feels snubbed. Like, he was like, wow, you really think Uriel's the funniest angel in the garrison? Like, I love this idea that Zachariah is, like, watching this interaction. He's like, oh, you think Uriel's funny? Well, guess who's about to be fucking hilarious? (laughs) Speaking of fucking hilarious, are Uh you ready for a thought that I had? So ready. Actually, do you know what? Maybe not. I'm excited regardless. It hit me. Obviously, I watched the season finale and we get the reveal that the angels want the apocalypse to happen. Yeah. They left Dean in hell. Yeah. Like, they purposefully didn't rescue him. Yeah, they rescued him just after he broke. Exactly. Like, it was strategic. I was like, it hit me. I was like... That was strategic. Like, like, they left him there just long enough. Like, they could have theoretically rescued him sooner. Mm Mm-hmm. And they probably intended on rescuing him sooner because they didn't think he would take so long to break. Mm-hmm. But also, I promised you funny. The funny thing about this is <laughs> I'm just imagining Cass, like, checking in every couple. Like, maybe he's got, like, a, a demon on payroll being like, so has he broken yet? Like, can we finally fucking go in? Like, yeah. I'm sick of it. Like, Cass is just chilling for, like, four months on Earth being like... Is he dead yet? Mm-hmm. Like, is he, has he, has he flipped yet? Cass has inhabited Jimmy and he's yeah. just like taking him for a test run, going to see the sights, you know? Like, Cass is so fucking bored. Like, he's just like, every day he's like, has he broken yet? What was it like a few episodes ago and you were talking about how like Sam is in Hell's email blast? Yeah. Heaven has its own email blast, but it's just like update on the righteous yeah. man and like whether or not he's cracked it yet. And Michael Sword. Which I thought we were going to work up to the most. <laughs> I saw a segue. I'm taking it. It's professional podcasting at its finest. I chose that name at fucking random. <laughs> I know. 
I was like, you pulled up that Wikipedia list and I nearly lost my mind. I will say, though, I was wrong. I did think they were going to make Sam the Lucifer vessel. Because mm. symmetry, yeah. etc. they pretty heavily. You could have, you can see where you would make that leap. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were like, heck yeah, nah, Sam's not important. Damn, you'd think this episode was written by Jeremy Carver. <laughs> was it? No, it was written by Eric Kripke. Okay. Actually, it was written by Eric Kripke and directed by Robert Singer. Obviously, this was a big yeah. episode. It was uh, huge, actually. Literally, I was like, Dean is the vessel. Like, capital T-H-E. Capital. V with two the. E's and vessel with a capital yeah, V. Yeah, and all of, like, the is capitalized. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is the vessel. And they're like, Sam's no longer addicted to demon blood, I guess. I have rewatched um, yeah. about the first half of this season because I wanted yeah. to like remind myself what happens mm. in prep. I thought it happened in this episode, but I, it must happen in the next couple where we do get a little bit of exposition yeah. dialogue about how Sam's doing. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't know if it's a permanent fix, but at least at this point, mm-hmm. whatever. Is it? Do they confirm that it's Cass that like zoops them up to the plane? At the end of this episode, Cass says that it wasn't the angels. Okay. So we know that it wasn't the angels and it wouldn't really make sense for it to be the demons. So the idea is that it's unknown. Well, the implication is, like, you know, Cass says to Zachariah um, towards the end of the episode, like, you know, someone moved the boys into the plane and it wasn't the angels. So it's... But then again, it could theoretically be Cass if he's not counting himself as an angel anymore. Ooh, identity crisis are... Like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. Because no, clearly exactly when he says it wasn't the angels, is he means that it wasn't under heaven's orders. So that doesn't mean it couldn't be a rogue. Like, for me, that doesn't rule out like a, like, it could have theoretically been Anna. That's a good because point. Because, yeah. like, for me, like, if, if you say, oh, the angels didn't do this, that doesn't include Anna because Anna is no longer. Identifies as an angel. She no longer, she's no longer allies with the angels. She's no longer a servant. Of the angels. Of heaven. Of heaven. Yeah. Like, she is still technically an angel, but she's not aligned with them. Angel by species, not by yeah. identity. So, yeah. like, when when they say, like, the angels, yeah. I am, at this point, no longer counting Cass and Anna in those camps because they've now defected against heaven. That Yeah, that's a really good and interesting point because, yeah, obviously, like, they are technically angels by species, but, I mean, we know that Anna, at least, doesn't align with heaven and I... At this point, Cass has rebelled enough against the host that you can basically say that he's not aligning himself with their ideals, at least. Whether or not he still considers himself to be an angel of the Lord, or if he's deviated, we can talk about that more as the season And, like, whether he still considers himself an angel of the Lord, I'd argue that even if he does think of himself as an angel of the Lord, Mm -hmm. he's no longer an angel of heaven. Yeah, that's a good point. Having God and heaven, like, like the Holy Host, separate. Like, theoretically, heaven follows the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be that, like... Heaven got bored. Yeah. <laughs> heaven was sort of like, what the fuck is this shit? Why are we still doing this? Mm-hmm. Quickly, before we move too far off, Dean being the Michael sword. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you remember a little while ago you made a joke about instructions unclear, Dick caught in a fan, and I told you that there was a supernatural equivalent of that joke? The supernatural equivalent is instructions unclear, Dick caught in the Michael sword. (laughs) And I just, I just needed to share that with you. Mm -hmm. It is a truly iconic meme. I think from there I'm going to go straight into my PSA. Okay. Of the week. Mm. 
Do you have any ideas what it could possibly be? You know what? I really, really don't. There, a couple came to me that I was like, no, we've talked about this before. I yeah. was like, there's some issues with consent. Yeah. There is, you know. It was very close to being a consent-related PSA. Yeah. And then I got hit with something even better. Okay. So do you have any? I have net zero guesses. Okay. So yeah. you're automatically wrong because you didn't guess. Look, I'll take it because my only my only guesses are relevant to consent and yeah. basically like no means no and respect mm. people's boundaries. But that and... comes into my like PSA for like Simon said. And I don't yeah. think there's anything inherently new in this episode to say about that mm-hmm. one. So my PSA for this week is to verify your sources. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> because they spend this entire episode working off fake information, off false information, uh-huh. because they didn't actually do any sort of checking. They were just like, yeah. they told me this, so I'm going to operate on that assumption. Yeah, it's it's hearsay, basically. It's hearsay. Like, so do your own research, fact check mm-hmm. your sources. One actually really interesting point that I want to build off of that is I really love the way that they designed the, like, a castle on a hill of 42 dogs. Like, yeah. I quite liked that play and the way that it rolls out. What is interesting about it is the fact that the angels planted that prophecy in Chuck. Mm. And so, like, up until this point, Chuck has kind of been a point of, like, almost objective truth. And now we're like, oh, well, even Chuck's prophecies can be yeah. manipulated by the angels. So it's like even Chuck now is actually not a trustworthy source. Yeah. Like up to this point, he has been. And even like Cass has said that his work will one day be known as the Gospel of Winchester. So you assume that it is going to be historically accurate if yeah. embellished. But now we know that he is not safe from angelic intervention. Yeah. So, and manipulation. And manipulation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to point that out because I do think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just really quickly want to talk about a quote. It's a Dean quote. Mm-hmm. It is, he has a GED and a give him hell attitude. I also want to talk about this quote. I do not want to talk about this quote for the same reasons you do, though I okay. am down to talk about the quote for the same reasons you do. <laughs> In a minute. Okay. I want to relate this specifically to Leverage. Okay. In which we haven't quite got there yet in our watch, but it's it's not a spoiler. It It is a quote, and I'm taking it out of context so that it's not a spoiler mm-hmm. for you. But we get the quote, I had a 24-year-old with a smartphone and a problem with authority. <laughs> and... I'm going to guess it's a Hardison line. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. It is either said by or about Hardison. Mm-hmm. I was just like... T- tell me the difference between these two lines. Yeah, which is so They're funny. They're the same line. I know. And do you know what's so funny about that is the Cass Parker dynamic. I like, <laughs> He has a smartphone and a problem with authority. Like, yeah. it's the same thing. He has a GED and, and a... give him hell attitude. Yes. They're the same thing. Uh-huh. I know. It's hilarious and I love it. You know the reason that I yeah. want to talk about oh, it. Yes. yes, I love that parallel, but I do want to bring it back to Supernatural <laughs> And I want to mention the fact that obviously we are not American. It's, it's yeah. very clear at this point we are Australian. We talk about it ad nauseum, but we don't really have like a GED like in the same. We have an equivalent, but it's different. Yeah, exactly. So what I have heard and what I did do a quick Google about GEDs before we started. Yeah. But it is not, like, a thing that you get for funsies. No. Like, if you're going to go out of your way to get your GED, it's because you care enough to go out of your way to get your GED. Dean is not planning on going into higher education. Dean does not need it for employment, which means that he did it off his own back, 
and he would have likely done it while he was actively hunting. Mm. So particularly tricky for him to do. But so apparently just the top result for Google says that the GED has four separate tests for the following subjects, language arts, social studies, science, and math. And apparently on average, it takes three months. So it's not a small endeavor for you to just yeah. And also that Take three months, I would say that would be three months of studying at a normal, like, yeah. study workload. Like, that is not, I'm doing, like, I'll do all of the math component and then I'll do all of, that is, like, yeah. spending five days a week doing a exactly. decent chunk of study each day. And all of these sources that I'm just opening up quickly are saying that you do the tests online. Now, obviously, when Dean would have theoretically been doing these tests, that is unlikely to have been an option. You would have had to be there in person. You would have had to like register to yeah. like rock up into some sort of classroom or hall to take these tests. You're not doing it online from a motel. I just wanted to point out the fact that like if he has a GED, he didn't get it just for funsies. No. You don't get a GED by accident. Yeah, exactly. While we're around this end of the episode, do we want to talk about the just like the end scene? I think it's the least interesting thing to talk about, but I feel like we do have to cover it and then we can move on to the other yeah. stuff. We, we, we got a little, like, we started small, then yeah. we got randomly really big, and now we're going back, like... Yeah, breaking it back to the yeah. basics. So, first of all, I want to talk about Dean Humanity Winchester. Oh, also, can I... I'm, I may be about to make you incredibly happy. The end scene where Dean is talking to Sam outside after the visited Bobby in the hospital. Yeah. Is that Dean's theme? What's so funny is that it's not. I, as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if she's going to ask because it's not. And it, that is so funny. Thank you for trying. I really appreciate it. <laughs> this fucking show, man. <laughs> so, um, Dean, Humanity, Winchester. This is where that kind of alignment really starts to come into play because you see him arguing not for heaven to win, not for the demons to win, but just for plain old people to win. Yeah. And he's like, this is our planet. Fuck those guys. If they want to have a pissing match, they can do it somewhere else. It is not for them to decide that we are not important enough. That doesn't matter how many of us die. And so he's really sticking it to them. Then, of course, he says a bit about the GED and the given hell attitude. When they leave, Sam is like, we could use the cult, which I'm so mad that that was the direct. They were like, oh, yeah, we'll just get the gun that kills everything. I'm like, fuck, man, we need to be done with this. Like. It annoys me as a plot point at this mm. at this stage. I'm sure it also was annoying for you. <laughs> but then Dean says, I just said a bunch of crap for Bobby's benefit. So he's trying to like act like he thinks they can win. Oh, wow. Dean's trying to impress his father figure. It's funny. I don't know if he's trying to impress him. I think he's trying to comfort him. Because mm. Bobby... The song remains the same, whether it's trying to impress him or trying to comfort him. He's still trying to protect his father figure. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. And make his father figure proud of him. I'm obsessed with the use of the phrase, the song remains the same. That will become relevant. <laughs> Big yikes. Big yikes. And then obviously at the end of the episode, we have the discussion between Sam and Dean, where Dean says, you were the one I depended on the most. I just don't think we could ever be what we were. I don't think I could trust you. He's loyal to the idea of someone. Exactly. So that comes back to that. And I just wanted to touch on it. Obviously, this is going to be like an ongoing undercurrent through the season because we, at the end of season four, the season four was just building up to the betrayal of Sam. And then obviously the finale had happened and then mm-hmm. Sam was like, I'm sorry. And it's like, babe. Though I did pick that Bobby was possessed. Oh, yeah? I was sitting there going, 
this all directly contradicts to what he's just said. Like, I didn't necessarily think, like, possessed, mm. but I was like, Someone's up. Some, this is not normal Bobby. There is no way in hell Mr. Bobby who... Mr. Bobby? I love that formality. Mr. Bobby, <laughs> Mr. Bobby, family's meant to make you miserable, uh-huh. is disowning someone because they caused the apocalypse. Literally last episode, we got a whole bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. that directly contradicts exactly what he's saying. I was like, there, there's something not right. There's one thing that I love and one thing that confuses me about the possession of Bobby. You just made a face. Sorry, I just realised <laughs> when Bobby's possessed by a demon, uh-huh. he becomes a less supportive father figure. That was the thing. When John becomes possessed by a demon, he becomes a more supportive father figure. That is literally the point that I was just about to make. You know that John is possessed because he is a better parent than normal. You know Bobby's possessed because he's a worse parent than normal. I'm so glad that you shared the brain cell with me in that moment because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the dichotomy. It, it so is. And I just think it is so fucking funny that that is like... They're like, how are we going to show that Bobby's slightly well, like slightly worse off? Oh, he's going to disown Sam. How do we know that John is possessed? He's going to, to be... tell su- Dean he's proud of him. <laughs> like, he's going to be supportive of Sam and Sam's decisions. Like, Yeah, it's literally fucking hilarious. Oh, the other thing that tips you off that Bobby's possessed is that he says that John was right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's like, I can't believe your daddy was right. And he's like, what? I literally, my note was, your dad was right. Wow, what a way to lie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> also, I have to ask, is this the beginning of, like, which Sam? Because he makes the hex bands. And I'm like, do you know what? I have never considered a definitive beginning of which Sam, but I would take this as the beginning. I will accept that as my head Like, Because this is the first time we see Sam do any, like, witchy stuff. Mm, outside of, like... Previously, all of his, like, quote-unquote witchy stuff has not been witchy stuff. Mm-hmm. It has been demon blood psychic power stuff. Yeah. This is the first time that we get confirmation that his power is not demon blood derived, but rather witch derived. I okay no I'll take that I will because like, I've never thought about having a definitive like starting point I always thought of it as more of a natural progression but I'll take this and it's interesting that the moment we get witch Sam is the first moment that we don't have Ruby. What is also really interesting is that we've talked about Sam and like power and like mm-hmm. using the like demon powers and mm-hmm. the blood as like a form of like control and taking autonomy in a space where he feels like he is overpowered and. This is when he doesn't have his powers. And so he's like, okay, well, I need something to make me feel safe, something to make me feel yeah, powerful. Like he can't and just rely on how buff is Sam, actually. He no yeah. longer has demon blood. Yeah, exactly. Like, so he then, yeah, turns he to... He finds a different source of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is... Okay, I love that. I'm so glad that you pointed that out because I hadn't considered it. Beautiful analogy. Like, because, yeah, because we've seen him sort of do witchcraft-adjacent things before, mm-hmm. but every one of them... I think pretty well all of them were in season four mm-hmm. when he was working really closely with Ruby and we know for a fact that he was addicted to demon blood. Yeah. Because we've seen him interact with sort of witchcraft previously, mm-hmm. but it's all been like in, say, home, for example, Missouri made the hex bags yeah. and then they just used them. He wasn't the one like... Who made the thing. Yeah, yeah he and wasn't doing the witchcraft behind it. He was just implementing it. Yeah, and we've seen Sam identifying things to do with witchcraft, yeah. and, like, particularly in It's the Great Pumpkin Sam Winchester, yeah. and, you know, like, these... Also, um, Malleus Maleficarum. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's the one who IDs 
the hex bags in there as well. Yeah. So we've seen him have like an interest. Yeah. But and yeah, a knowledge I, of. Yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm I'm pretty sure. And please, if we are wrong, do feel free to reach out and correct us. But I think this is the first time that he actually engages with it himself. Yeah. I think the closest we've seen him come to doing witchcraft up to this point is like exorcisms, which isn't really witchcraft, no. but it's like the idea of like the chanting and like technically it's like could be considered magic, yeah. I suppose. The other thing about the Bobby possession, and this is the part that confuses me and I do feel like is a little OOC, and I say that knowing that Eric Kripke literally wrote this episode. Yeah. Do we really think that Bobby, sorry, Mr. Bobby, Demons Are My Special Interest singer, doesn't have an anti-possession tattoo? I think he does, and that's why I think it's fascinating (laughs) that he gets possessed. That's the thing. Because if he has... Here's the thing, like, he fucking gave the boys anti-possession charms. There is no way in hell Mr. Bobby specializes in demons doesn't have his own anti-possession charms. Exactly. So what the fuck did that demon have to do to possess him? You would Okay, so in future episodes, we do have instances of, like, if his tattoo was yeah. damaged, kind of like putting a scratch through a devil's trap, yeah. it would nullify it. Yeah. So if, the symbol is only potent so long as it is whole. Yes, exactly. So in theory, if the demon had jumped him and managed to, like, damage yeah. the tattoo, it would not work. And also, it was clearly a targeted attack. Yeah. Oh, yes. They possessed Bobby with intention. Yes, and also there was a team. It wasn't just a singular demon because... Meg is back. Meg is back. I was holding out being obnoxious about Meg to later. (laughs) Can I just ask, is the actor that we saw this episode the permanent actors moving forward? This is Rachel Meyer. Okay. Yes. I feel like she feels duller, if that makes sense. Like... You can prefer Nikki Aycox. I prefer Rachel Miner. Obviously, I've only seen one episode of her. And yeah, and it's very going, minimal. Nikki Aycox felt so fucking sharp. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there were no smooth edge. Like, she was, like, fucking cutting. She was razor sharp. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously, we only see, like, a little snippet of her in this episode. And I do love Meg, regardless. Like, I do think the portrayal is a good one. Like, I don't think it, she's bad. Yeah. But I just think she feels softer. Okay. And I don't know if that's necessarily my favourite thing. She doesn't seem as pissy. And I don't know if that's meant to be like an intentional like or if it's just like a slightly different interpretation of the character. Nikki Acox's portrayal was just so fucking like like there was something about her that was inherently terrifying. Like it was just so thinly veiled. Nikki Acox is very fun. I think yeah. also in her portrayal, I obviously have seen more of Rachel Minor. Yeah, obviously. And I think that her portrayal is really excellent as well. But I do agree, there is something a little bit different. The other thing is, there has been a massive shift in character between the last time we saw Meg mm. and this portrayal. Like, she's been stuck in hell for a while. Yeah. So it makes sense that she's slightly different. Like, so it's like, it makes sense for the character to shift slightly, but like, yeah, like, it just felt sharper. It felt slightly more fun with Nikki Aycox. And I don't know if that's just, like, the writing here or if it's just, like, the environment. And, like, we only get, like, two scenes with her total in this yeah. episode. So it's like, I don't know if... I really hope that you will come to like Rachel yeah. Miner's portrayal because I really love it and it's also... I think it's also just... I think Nikki Aycox's portrayal is fucking iconic. Like, the hair and the costume and, like, mm-hmm. she says one word and you're like, oh, that's fucking Meg. 
to go from something where it's like so instantly recognizable in my brain mm-hmm. as Meg to like, no offense to Rachel Minor, she's gorgeous as a like actress, but, but she has a less distinctive look. She has a less distinctive look. It would so be like, like if Misha as Cass rocked up in like. I don't know, wearing the same thing as Sam and Dean. Yeah. Like, he would be less... Yeah. Like, and his identity feels less just in costuming. Well, we already know that Meg customises her vessels. Mm-hmm. Meg the girl has longer hair. Mm-hmm. Meg the and demon clothing. has shorter hair. She has different clothing. So it's just a bit odd for me that Meg would decide, oh, you know what, this vessel is fine as is. To be fair, maybe this is explained in simply the way that Meg's original character design was designed for Sam, specifically, mm-hmm. with Sam in mind. Yeah. So maybe this is signaling to the audience, this is no longer Meg for Sam. Mm-hmm. This is Meg. Meg could have designed her vessel to fit the story that she wanted to sell to Sam. And then out of convenience, she just left her vessel that way. So maybe it's just that, but like... It could also be, and this is just me speculating, we don't get any confirmation no. on any of this, but it could also be because... When we get Meg the girl, she talks about how she was awake for some of it. And, you know, she makes the point of the demon cut off her hair and quote-unquote dressed her like a slut. And so I wonder if that was Meg specifically tormenting the woman she was possessing. Oh, a bit like when Lilith went to the house as the little girl and was like... Tormented the family. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if it was like... Specifically not Meg doing it because she wanted to identify... Like, she wanted to have short hair, but because she knew the vessel would detest it. It just also felt like shits and giggles. Like, she was like, I'm going to have a bit of extra fun here. Yeah. Though I I do... I don't think I mentioned this last episode, but I'm just going to put it here. Thinking about it, I'm kind of really sad that they they killed Lilith in the dental hygienist body. Mm. Like, I think it would have been more impactful if she looked like a little girl again. And it was like, no, the dental hygienist was just purely for Sam's benefit. And she, like, discarded them, like... I fully agree with you. Yeah. I think that if they wanted to do that, they Let's may make have... Sam murder a child, they... essentially, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they may have been barred from doing that by the network. Because there are certain things that you can't... Yeah portray or it is heavily frowned upon. frowned upon to betray on screen and there were things in Supernatural that were barred mm. by the network that we know that they did want to do which for this reason they were told they weren't allowed to so but it also, could have been a, a sake of you know for the show's rating mm. for like the yeah. time slot of airs whatever because it's not like you're going to the cinema to see specifically an R18 plus movie like yeah. we cannot have a protagonist murder a child but also if they had a character murder a child it makes the whole, like, unforgivable nature of what Sam's done more severe. Mm. To be fair, he has still killed an innocent person. Yeah. But, but I do, like, obviously, yeah. killing a child feels much worse yeah. inherently. Yeah. Like, theoretically, it's still yeah. an innocent person died. I don't know. I, I think it would have been fun to see Sam murder a child. <laughs> so, very quickly before we move off of Meg. Yes. I do want to point out, I hate the kiss. I hate yeah. it with a burning passion what is with the fucking consent bullshit in this show like i i just the thing is i understand why they use like sexual violence like i i I get it for like a narrative purpose and like thematics and stuff i see it i i get it i don't like it but i understand it this though makes no sense they're not making a deal they're not doing that weird thing where they share supernatural information with each other they're They're also not not, like previously when we've seen this is Mm -hmm. when it's been like we saw it in um, Shadow. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And it's like Meg has them essentially tied up. Like, yeah. they cannot go anywhere. It is she's her taunting way. them. Yeah, it is her way of taunting. Like, it just feels kind of weird now to place it. 
I think it would have been much more effective if they had just, because the idea is that Dean is still, he's held still. He cannot get out of the situation and she's doing something to him that he has no way of stopping. And like, it's a power play and it's disgusting, but that's what it is. I feel like it would have been more impactful if she had just like leaned in real close and like whispered something in his ear. I feel like that actually would have been more effective than just randomly kissing him. It just feels like a bizarre choice. And like we know Meg is really smart. We know the tactics. Also, this is mid-fight. Meg is fixated on Sam. Like it makes no sense for her to do this to Dean. Mm. It makes sense with Sam because this is ongoing. It's the same shit she's been doing for like four seasons at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. It's also weird to see Dean being kissed by a demon. Yeah. Because they have so hardly put the Dean and Angels and the Sam and Demons... Like, Dean gets the gay jokes, mm-hmm. and Sam gets the consent issue jokes. Like, yeah. that is how they normally divvy up the jokes. Yeah. It's weird for Dean to get, like, the consent issue sort of quote-unquote joke. Yeah. Like, it's Although it does lend credibility to our take about Dean making jokes when he's uncomfortable. We actually get it twice in this episode, so we get him being like, ooh, that tastes like, what is that, peanut butter? When Meg's kissed yeah. him. But we also get Zachariah, I think, saying, always joking or something like yeah. that so we actually get it like called out in text here's the thing like i actually you know i haven't ever seen anyone else make that same take but like it doesn't feel like like it's just established like it's it doesn't feel like a take it's like it is literally what he fucking does mm. you watch any episode of this fucking show and like if dean is uncomfortable he is going to make a joke literally the angels show up and he's like oh thank god the angels are here like because he's threatened because they've appeared and he's not prepared to take them on. It's not like when they show up at Chuck's and he knows that he has the backup plan ready to go. They don't have a backup plan within the storage unit. Or even, you know, the comment about life as an angel condom. He's uncomfortable and he's deflecting. I mean, you know, someone would like an angel condom. Instructions unclear, dick on the mic of sword. (laughs) Oh, you also get Dean in this episode referring to him as my friend Cass. Yes. That's a big jump from last episode where he says, what is what is the exact quote? It's like, you're already dead, that's it, we're done, or something like that, when he decides that, like, when Cass decides he's not going to help yeah. him. Mm. Yeah. Big jump. I think this is the first time we do get Dean call Cass his friend, which is actually quite a significant, yeah. like, that's a, that's a promotion. This episode starts so many things. We get Witch Sam. Mm-hmm. We get friendship between Dean and Cass. Mm-hmm. Though we don't know if it's reciprocated at this point, because, you know, Cass only cares for humanity. Well, right at the end, um, or not at the end, but, like, there's this moment where Dean asks, like, how are you back? And Cass just, like, fucks off. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I was, I literally was like, question, he doesn't want to answer. And he's like, Pete's bitches, I'm out. <laughs> I told you he does this. He's just like, <laughs> they asked him a question and he was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this shit, I'm out. And he just yeah, dips. I know, he's it's like, iconic. <laughs> he's like, why would I answer your questions when I am a supernatural being and I can just disappear? But quick question. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, the answer cannot be spoilery. Okay. But please answer me, cause just in case you do think. Is there ever an occasion where one of the brothers asks Cass a question? He's like, no, peace out, bitches. And then he just hides from them for a couple of episodes and he just doesn't show He's like... You know what? If I interact with them, they're going to ask me this question again. And I don't want to answer that question. I've already peace, like, peace bitch, I'm out them once. If I show up again, they're going to ask me again. And I don't want to continue doing this, so I'm just not going to show up. 
Yes or no, don't give me any okay. spoilers or anything like that. But does this ever happen? Does he just go, yeah, no, I'm disappearing for a couple of episodes until they've hopefully forgotten the question that they asked me before I disappeared? Yes. Okay. You've fine. actually just outlined quite a significant plot. So <laughs> But you know no context. Yeah. But yes, that's what I mean. Like it's you, that's no spoilers, a perfect, like, that's a perfect read of his character. Yes, one hundred percent. Do not tell me in which season, in which no, episode. I'm not going to do not tell me further follow Do up. not tell me what the like the plot is about. <laughs> do not tell me what the question is. I don't care about any of that. I just wanted to know if he ever was so dedicated to not answering a question that he was like, you know what? I'm just not going to interact with them again for like four to six business months and then hopefully <laughs> they're forgotten. Yes, no, that's an impeccable read on his character. While we're on Cass, we have a couple of other Cass moments that I would like to chat about really quickly. I want to quickly talk about this scene where Sam and Dean go to see Chuck and we're talking about Cass's first death. So obviously at the end of last episode it was kind of left on a bit of a like we didn't yeah. really know what had happened to Cass but it was implied that he was going to be in some sort of fight He was quite death. unquote dead. Yeah he basically he went on like a, a, a known suicide mission like he yeah. said to Dean like you go I'll hold them off I'll hold them all off. 90% chance he dies doing that. Yeah pretty much. So we get confirmed Cass's first death. Very important moment. Also that the angels also thought he was dead. Yes. Well, he was. Yeah. In fact, we get Chuck's description, which is so fun. He exploded like a water balloon of chunky soup, which is such a fun descriptor. So do you have any water balloon? Add perhaps some chunky soup. <laughs> Shall we test the theory? <laughs> Shall we, like, recreate it? We'll just put, we'll hang a water balloon from uh, my window so we can have the bright light and we can just poke it with a pin and just see what happens. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but we also have I love how you're like, that's an inside activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Inside my carpeted rental. <laughs> I was, like, thinking, like, out, like hang on. The washing line or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, um, Guna Fortune. Like, Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Except yeah. instead of a shiny silver bag of goon, it is a water balloon filled with minestrone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also want to talk about Chuck finding a molar in his hair. And Chuck just goes, this has been a really stressful day. Babe, Hilarious. Same. Like, the angels disappear and he says, this sucks ass. I obviously, like, know what happens with Chuck, and you have a certain understanding of what happens with Chuck, but I have to, like, at this point in the series, fucking icon. He is hilarious. I love him. He is such a poor little meow meow, and it's perfect. But Also, it's odd that we got an eating ass reference from someone who wasn't Dean. (laughs) The other note that we I have about Cass was that Dean says that he's stupid, and Sam's like, stupid? He tried to help us, and Dean's like, yeah, exactly. Oh, one cast moment that we haven't mentioned that I think we do have to mention. Mm. He carved it into his fucking ribs. Oh, absolutely. I love the way that it's like, he's like, oh yeah, I carved it into your ribs. But it's like, he's kind of like brushing Sam off and he's speaking directly to Dean. Yeah. It's like, theoretically, he did this to both of them. He did, yes. But he's speaking exclusively to Dean. I also love the casual, like, explanation. Like, I think Dean's like, what did you brand it into us or something? He's like, no, I carved it into your ribs. Obviously. Like, <laughs> like a brand can be disrupted. Exactly. Carving into the ribs, like, there is nothing that can disrupt that. I just think it's hilarious. I have seen some people's interpretations of what the carving says. Because we never get actual clarification. It's just Kaz was here with, like, a Z instead of an S, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, like, 
a lot of people do the interpretation of like property of Castiel. If you harm in any form, I will smite your ass, like basically, but like in a very formal sense. It's very No, fun. it's Cass was here. C-A-S. Yeah. W-A-Z. Yeah. A-G-R-E. <laughs> Cass was here. It's very fun. If anyone listening has any thoughts on what they think Cass may or may not have carved into Sam and Dean's ribs, please feel free to hit us up with it. I would love to see everyone's thoughts. I think it's hilarious. There's just so on infinite Sam, possibilities. On Sam's ribs, it's just, please do not hurt. Dean will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> do not hurt will upset my blobo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. So we talked about Cass's first death. Obviously, have to highlight Cass's first resurrection. All happening within the span of 24 hours. What an icon. Love that for him. I wrote down Taylor Swift quote, Honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. It just feels appropriate for him. And yes, then of course, the iconic, I carved it into your ribs. (laughs) I think that is everything that I wanted to talk about in terms of Cass. Mm -hmm. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add in about Cass? Or maybe just about angels in general? Actually, you know what? There's one angel that we haven't talked about yet that we really do have to talk about. Yeah. That's my good old mate, Lucy. He's slightly important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is his intro. Yeah. Thoughts. I, I love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> what an iconic joke. Lucifer's too many syllables, so mm-hmm. he's Lucy now. That okay. is how it works. Yeah. The blood was a lot. I'm surprised he didn't give that dude a fucking psychotic break. Yeah. Well, so do we get a name for his vessel? Yes. So it's not a spoiler, so I'll tell you. The vessel's name is Nick. That's okay. It's just so that I can differentiate between Between Nick and Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. How are we feeling about Lucifer, Satan, the devil? I want to say, like, iconic. He is that bitch. (laughs) Like, Lucy's, like, really out here doing the most. Like, Mm -hmm. there's the blood. There's the... I'm telling you, the angels, they love their drama. Yeah, like he really, like the apple doesn't fall far, too far from the tree. Yeah. And like, as long as you don't eat the apple, you're fine. <laughs> yes, that was a Bible joke. <laughs> Jamie's come with references. I finally had to read the Bible for an unrelated project. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just, he's here, I guess. He has now got control of the vessel. I am, like, I kind of understand why they didn't, but I'm also kind of saddened. That they were like, yeah, Dean's going to be the vessel, all capitals. Yeah. And then Sam's just going to be there. And then we're just going <laughs> to... Sam will also be there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just this random dude. It's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. I'm sorry, but... It feels like they're dropping the ball. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, why Like, why have we had no hints of this dude leading up? Oh, my God. Imagine if Lucifer's vessel was... Is Jimmy's wife named Amelia? Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine if it was Amelia. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That like, would have been crazy. It's a character that you don't think about. Yeah. At all. Because you meet her when, like, you meet Jimmy. Yeah. And, like, she's psychotic. She's iconic, but she's psychotic. <laughs> like, yeah. And imagine. Jimmy and Amelia are lunatics. I love them, but they're insane. Imagine if the way Lucifer gets to her is mm-hmm. by threatening Claire. The exact same mm-hmm. move that Cass pulls on Jimmy. The insane parallels between Lucifer and Cass. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, but like no, the insane Lucifer's uh, the insane yeah. Lucifer's the insane parallels between Lucifer and Cass is something that we can absolutely talk about if yeah. you have thoughts on that. Like, obviously, like I don't have too many thoughts now because we've got we've had one episode of Lucifer and they yeah. did not interact. Yeah, yeah, like, but you know what I mean? Like, if they made it immediately, and then what happens to Claire? Then you open mm. up like that character. To be, because we also know that she is a vessel as well. I know. I just it feels like a weird choice to be 
to have the host of Lucifer be someone that we have never even met. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not necessarily saying it has to be like fucking Sam or like Bobby or like, Bobby. you know, <laughs> Joe or Ellen or like someone that we've had quite a lot yeah. of. But like, why not make it even just like a character that we've met in passing? A character they've saved before. A character they've saved before. Why not make it like that little bit more emotionally resonant? Yeah. By having it be a character that we've met before. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That makes you know sense. what I mean? Like, I understand maybe, like, they just didn't have a character in mind and they couldn't get, like, or maybe they didn't, they just couldn't get the actor they wanted or mm-hmm. like, something along those lines. But, like, it also, it just feels like a bit of, like, a... Yeah. I imagine, think... like, the plot reveal of, like, oh, no, this character was super-duper significant. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels like it could be, like, it, it's just a random dude. It could be anyone. Like, yeah. I suppose, though, part of it is that it is a random dude. It could be anyone. Yeah. Because the thing is that Nick, as we're introduced to him, it's not like super clearly outlined. Like it is, but like not like explicitly. Someone has broken into his home and murdered his wife and child. What's the better? It was the demons. This is the thing. So we know that only like specific people can be vessels. We know this because of Jimmy and we know it's a bloodline thing. Yeah. Right. So specific people can be vessels. Nick is obviously someone who has a correct bloodline to be a vessel, specifically can contain Lucifer. With that sort of, like, in mind, (laughs) he would have been a target. Like, they would have had someone watching him, basically. And the thing is... Or even could have been part of, like, Lilith's plan. Like, we know this dude is the best bet for the vessel, so therefore if we kill all of his ties, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be in a position when Lucifer does rise yeah. that he can take advantage of that. This is the thing, because when Lucifer was released, he needed a vessel. He needed yeah. to have one that was ready to go. So they have set up Nick, or theoretically you could say, because we don't actually get it confirmed. But no. We, they've we set get up told Nick that to somebody broke into possession. the house and killed his wife and child. Mm-hmm. And clearly he was there at the time, which begs the question, why didn't they kill him? I mean, theoretically, he could also have just not been home for some reason. Like, But the way they've done, like, the blood in the bed and mm-hmm. that implies to me that he was home. Obviously, there is no actual textual confirmation. So, theoretically, he could have been out and he could have come home to it. But, like... We'll learn more about Nick yeah. and his background through the series. Yeah. So, me, I, have, like, I have other contexts yeah. that you don't. Yeah. But, basically, how I would interpret it is that however whatever happened, Nick was primed to be in a position so that Lucifer could appear to him hmm. and take advantage take advantage because we get the, the really interesting thing from lucifer which is that i particularly love this line and i like that this is the way they set him up which is i wouldn't lie to you i don't lie i don't need to hmm. and he's right he doesn't lie to nick he tells him the truth but there is nothing to say that the truth has not been manipulated yeah. around nick or something has been ad- admitted yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is the thing that I really like about the portrayal of Lucifer, particularly in like this season, is that we get so much of this character who is like, he pretends like he's this poor little meow meow. Yeah. Like he's very much like, oh, pity me. And like, you know, I was cast down for loving God too much. And it's like this interesting like flip of the script. And I appreciate that they took that angle in it because they could have had him like basically come up and be like super threatening and basically taking the sort of page out of like Zachariah's book where he's just causing pain until like say yes say yes say yes and the pain will go away or even like Cass's tactic of like 
either you agree to host me again or I continue possessing your little girl like yeah although to be fair i don't know if that was a thing where Cass was like it's an ultimatum i think it was just like he was just gonna possess claire because he didn't yeah. like he was like that's okay you can die you can be at peace i'll use claire instead yeah i don't think that that was so much a tactic of like it's me that's or her yeah yeah but yeah they use lucifer lucifer will con you and I think that it's a, it's a much more psychological torture than, and we see that through this episode, the it's way like that the he, difference between Sophie and Nate. Yes, like Nate, Nate cons, will break your finger. No, Nate cons people by making them so pissed off they forget a rational decision. Mm. Zachariah. Yeah. Sophie, however, yeah, manipulates and works around the truth and gets so you to they, turn the alarm off yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's actually a really good comparison. Theoretically, yeah. they're doing the same thing. They're just using different methodologies to achieve the same goal Mm -hmm. look we've talked about lucy a bit here i think we don't really get too much more about lucy i have one more point about lucifer this is the first instance we get of lucifer appearing to his victims under the guise of a deceased loved one this is a continuing theme and will be so important later i cannot stress this enough anyone who knows what i'm talking about knows what i'm fucking talking about does this mean that he appears to Dean as Cass because Cass is technically dead? You will have to wait and fucking see, Jamie. <laughs> wait, what is that? This is the start of a pattern. Okay. This yeah. this will recur. We do get to see Lucifer appearing as deceased wait, loved ones. Technically, all of them are dead, so he could appear as any one of the brothers and it fits the MO. <laughs> Sorry, we get Lucifer presenting as Nick's dead wife, Sarah. And I also want to make a note that Sarah is wearing the fucking white nightgown of deceased mother figures. Damn, I really got to get me one of those. (laughs) So I just wanted to point that out because, one, it'll be something that we hop back to and also because of the white nightgown. No, okay. Well, if you're done there, then I want to move over to someone we have not talked about yet this episode that we need to talk about this episode. Sam Licker 87. Sam Licker 81. Mm. Come on, oh, your law. (laughs) Sorry. I know a little bit about Becky in that she yeah. was sort of like meant to be this like parody of the fandom as it was. And I think it's pretty clear that the way the showrunners and the writers stand on Becky is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I quite like Becky at this point. I think certainly they could take her to a place where she's an unlikable character. But as it stands, like she, she's done nothing wrong. She's just been a fan. She is just out here writing her silly little fanfic, believing whatever she wants to believe. Yeah. And, like, it's real, weird in universe because these characters exist. I have very mixed opinions about Becky. I think that as a character idea, she's fun. Yes. And I think that the actress who portrays her is iconic. I think yeah. that she does an amazing job in her portrayal of yeah. Becky. I think she's great. The thing that I dislike about Becky is that she feels, and I understand that it's a caricature, I do, but this is a joke at the expense of the people who love this show. And that is uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Because it is meta in a way that's not punching up. It's punching down. And it is painting fandom as a group who are going to disregard you know, Sam, you know, even in this episode, she sees Sam and she's immediately is like putting her hands on him and objectifying him. And when he asks her to stop, she's like, no. And like, it's not a portrayal mm. of fandom that I particularly enjoy. Yeah. I want to be clear here. What I'm saying is 
I don't think as a character introduction, this completely writes off her character from ever being no. interesting. I will tell you she does have a glow up. I think it, it would be interesting if they actually put in any sort of character development. Like, Becky 100% reminds me of the sort of fandom that you see a lot when you're, like, 14. They idolize specific actors and, like, the parasocial way... Parasocial relationships. The parasocial relationships of it all. And also, like, the casual disregard for the actor's humanity. I've heard little bits and pieces about Becky, and that's that she does get a really toxic plot line. I think there is something about kidnapping Sam and trying to force him to marry her or some shit like that. Like, there's a whole bunch of toxicity there. And so, like, I don't necessarily think, like, this as a character introduction is enough for me to be like, nope, scrap Becky, she's a fucking terrible character. Mm -hmm. It really does depend on what they actually do with her. I will say, and this is not spoilery, Mm -hmm. I think that where Becky ends up Mm -hmm. is a much healthier and respectful interpretation of what it means to be involved in fandom where becky begins it feels reductive it is a caricature and i understand that that is the point the thing about it that bothers me so much is that it is punching down we will get an episode sort of mid-season where we get to know a little bit more about the supernatural fandom that exists within the supernatural universe and so we will get to talk about it more then ultimately um yes we do get to know more about becky and more about, like, the fandom at large, as it is portrayed by the show, I would argue that later portrayals of, like, quote-unquote, like, fangirls and stuff are way better. Although the inclusion of the username samlicker 81 is particularly entertaining because that does sound like a Tumblr it's, URL. I, I, I am searching Tumblr right now. I want to know if somebody currently has – if somebody doesn't have the URL – Sam, like at 81, should I claim it? <laughs> and I actually will make a note that Becky was actually named after a real fan who actually ran a Winchester's related website. So, like, she was actually named after an actual fan of the actual show. Yeah, there is 100% a Sam, like 81 on Tumblr. That is hilarious. I do also very quickly before we get off, Becky, she says, you're Sam Winchester and you're, looks at Dean, not what I pictured, which I think is It's really so hilarious because it's the opposite of what Kaz does. <laughs> do Am I wrong? No. Oh, and I do want to point out that she makes, she has a quote where she says, nice change up to the mythology, by the way, the demon stuff was getting kind of old. And I did kind of love that sort of like meta comment yeah. on the plot. I do think it's kind of fun. Because you know what? Actually, from this episode, I like Becky. On my first watch through, so did I. It was only on reflection and like having more Like, content. don't get me wrong. Like, it's incredibly dismissive and it's incredibly like, it's a caricature. But also like, I think the in- like the issue is not in necessarily having a character like this. It's if they then go and demonize the character like this. You know what I mean? It's not in the character, it's in how the character's written. Yes. The issue is then the way the story treats them. Though she is dedicated, like, she's like, I memorized this shit for you. And I'm like, work, girl, you know? (laughs) One other thing that I want to quickly talk about is when they are first put in the airplane, first of all, Dean is so freaked out about the imminent raising of Lucifer that he is not freaked out about being on an airplane. And I just think that that is interesting. Like, his fear is so... He is so scared that he's not scared. Like, to be fair, though, last time he was on an airplane, there was also a demon on the airplane. True. And this time, the airplane's just going down of its own. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's not supernatural. The pilots could theoretically save it. Yeah, exactly. When they are put on the plane, 
The cartoon that it flicks to is Yosemite Sam. It is a scene where Yosemite Sam is talking to the devil and the devil says, what the devil is your name? He stammers out, Sam, Sam, Yosemite Sam. And the devil says, oh, here it is. I can use that. And I think that's so interesting given like the fact that Sam has just literally been used to raise the devil. Like I just thought that like they would have had to pay for the rights to use that. And so I think that the inclusion is obviously not an accident. Yeah, it's not incidental. Like, they chose that purposefully. The fact that the character's name is Sam, the fact that the character is talking to the devil, the fact that the devil says, oh, yes, I could use you. Like, it's, I thought, a really sort of fun way because it also completely changes the tone from, like, the super tense situation they've just been in. It pulls you out of it. Oh, I also just want to point out that we talked earlier about Lucy and his way of, like, convincing him. He does it based on, like, a pitch based on revenge, mm, mm-hmm. which is fascinating considering... John coded. Yeah, yeah. Considering everything else about revenge in this fucking show. Anyway, that was actually all of my deep thoughts about this episode. Okay. I have no more thoughts. That is pretty much all of my deep notes. I have a couple of things I think it's worth pointing yeah, out. Okay, for it. So you know what's actually relevant, and I'm just like... Oh, some of this is just, I think it's oh, funny. Okay. I really enjoy Chuck attacking Sam with a plunger, and then... Him saying, you're okay, and Sam coming back with, well, my head hurts. I think that's iconic and very bitchy of him, and it's beautiful. We get the detail that Sam's eyes went black. Obviously, we as the audience saw that, but Dean didn't know that, so... And even, like, you don't know whether Sam knew or not. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, Sam's not looking in a mirror. like, And so we don't know if Sam knew and now he's lying, Mm -hmm. or if Sam genuinely didn't know. And we also get a couple of stats about, like, how far Sam's heart rate was going and what his internal body temperature was at. And it's, like, insane. Like, he should be dead, you know? So it kind of comes back to the how buff is Sam actually? Like, how strong did the demon blood actually make him? The answer is pretty fucking strong. The other question isn't necessarily how buff is Sam actually. Mm. But who the fuck saved Sam? Mm. What protected Sam from fucking dying? What is interesting? But also someone did yeet them up to that airplane. Yeah, and interestingly, not just one of them. And, like, that's the thing where I was saying before, like, Cass points out, like, well, it wasn't the angels, and we can kind of assume it probably wasn't the demons, mostly because we've only seen one demon with yeeting ability, and that was Azazel, when he kidnapped Sam for the Hunger Games. And also, there is no way in hell the demons are saving the Michael sword. That's like, the other thing. do they want to die? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if it was just Sam, yeah. then it's like, oh, maybe they've got further plans for him. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it was Sam and Dean, and, like, yeah. And honestly, the emotional distress it would have caused Dean if Sam had just disappeared after the blinding white of Lucifer being released, like, the emotional damage that would have done to him, it honestly would have been in the demon's best interests to do that. The other note that I have is, just very quickly, the motel that they're in, the ceilings are so high, it is bizarre. But also, having the high ceilings and having Dean and Bobby up on the split level while Sam is standing down by the door, and like... Uh, the angle of the camera as well, makes Sam look so small, even though he's literally like seven feet fucking tall. And I thought that it was a really good way for them to use like visuals to show that Sam is feeling sheepish and ashamed and small or trying to make himself small in this particular situation. And also while he's talking to Dean in that, Dean has a hanging light over his shoulder yeah. as well. So it's just like a little bit of visual storytelling that I wanted to point out. I also want to talk about the fact that Sam reverted immediately back to truth-telling mode after he was no longer afflicted with the demon blood. Like, immediately he went back to, like, I'm going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. 
Then Bobby says that he was reckless, selfish, and also specifically arrogant. And I felt validated in that moment because I've been describing Sam as arrogant for weeks and weeks and weeks now. So it's nice to have Bobby be like, yeah, you know what? You're fucking arrogant. Even if he was possessed, I think he has a point. And then on Bobby, important to mention, obviously he stabs himself to take out the demon. Iconic, badass, real MVP move on Bobby's behalf. However, we do now have paralyzed Bobby. And this is not a hand wavy, they're going to fix it. This is. He literally uses a wheelchair. Oh, I was expecting hand wavy going to fix it because that's what they normally do. I assume it is uh, because the angels or Zachariah gives Dean that ultimatum. Yeah. Of either you help us or Bobby will never walk again. I assume it's a, the they, angels specifically were like, well. Like following through another. Yeah, we can't find you and take our revenge out on you, but we do know where Bobby is and we can take it out on him. Surely they could hit up Cass to like. We'll get into that. Carve some shit on Bobby's ribs. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly right. enjoys carving shit on ribs. Yeah, it's just like a fun little a fun little hobby for him. Maybe he'll have an Etsy and it's just like carved ribs. <laughs> but yes, no, so that is an ongoing, like Bobby now will use a wheelchair moving forward. That's just an important thing for his character. Okay. Anywho, that is the end of the things that I wanted to shout out. Is there anything else that you would like to know? I'm just so surprised because I honestly thought it was an empty threat. Mm. Because, like, let's face it, the stomach cancer or whatever is an empty threat towards Dean. Mm. They do not want Dean dead. So, like, I'm just surprised that they follow through on their other threats, Mm. despite how glaringly empty some of them are. It's interesting that you say that. I think that the killing Sam was not an empty threat because need Sam. Like, Sam's done his purpose. He's he's killed Lilith. And I think they know if they killed Sam, then Dean would just, like, Mm. never help them. But to kill... Dean, I don't think that's what they were going for. They could keep him alive and just in constant torment, basically, Mm. until he cracked. So, and, like, they know he's cracked once, so it's essentially the same tactic, different. But he's cracked once, that's the issue. So So if he's cracked once and he knows what's happened last time he cracked, mm, why would he crack again? But I don't think it was, like, I don't think they would have killed him. If they did, they would have just revived him anyway. So I don't think that's the case. But, yeah, Bobby, though, they can fuck up, basically, as much as they want. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the episode. How would you rate it out of five? I think I'm going to give it, like, maybe a three. A lot happens in this episode. But I was also bored. Yeah, like, I, I did I get don't that. know how, but I was bored. Yeah. I was sitting here and, like, Meg appeared on screen for, like, two minutes. I'm like, yeah, fucking vibe and Meg. Yeah. And then Meg was gone again. I'm like, I'm bored again. I'm like, yeah. I fully understand what you're talking about this episode for some reason so much happens and yet i'm always surprised when it hasn't finished yet like i'm like it this feels like it's been 40 minutes but it's only been 25 and i think it might be because so much has happened that you're kind of like oh so much plot has occurred i must be near the end of the episode but no it feels long even though a lot's happening so yes i fully get that so a three yeah yeah, I also think that this episode is basically just setting up and establishing what season five is going to yeah. be. Yeah, like, so that's it's, fine. It's a fine yeah. episode for that. There's nothing – I don't think there's anything really inherently wrong with it as mm-hmm. an episode, but it's also just, like – I don't know. Like, I was watching this, and I should have been, like – On the edge of your seat. Fucking on the edge of my seat, riveted the entire time, and I'm just sitting there like, this is – Yeah, and there are like, moments like that, I yeah. think, but, like, it's not the whole – it's not the majority. Yeah, it's yeah. like – I'd be like, yeah. Bitch, Cass is back. Like, yeah. yes, Meg is back. Like, yes, carve that into his ribs. Like, yeah. <laughs> there are some really iconic moments here, but like, overall, like, I'm not, I just, 
Eiffel moment, like, it felt boring. Yeah. I don't and know It, it doesn't seem possible, but like, it's it, true. We, we get, like, the, the Michael Sword reveal. We get, mm-hmm. like, the Cass isn't actually dead reveal. We get the Mega's back reveal. We mm-hmm. get, like, you know, Lucifer's now got a whistle. But I was bored. Yeah. I, it's so funny because I fully agree with you. I, I don't understand how it's, it's – the math isn't mathing. Yeah. I'm not bad at math, but I will be the first to admit the math isn't mathing. We learn so much. There is no reason for this not to feel like – A super intense – Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's bizarre. I think it might also be because there's different levels of tension and the cutting between, like, when we flash to Nick before he gets possessed yeah. and it's, like, a completely different vibe to, like, Dean who's just been assaulted by Meg and it's a completely different vibe to, like, Cass is back, baby, and it's, like, completely different again to, like, you know, Sam doesn't yeah. have lungs anymore. So it's it's just this mismatch. And it's a really – I think it's a good episode. I think it's a very good establishing episode, I think, is the caveat there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it feels bizarrely long. I don't know what it is. Moving on. The next episode is titled Good God, Y'all. Do we have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams? I don't know. Like, I feel like don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, obviously, Dean is the Michael Sword, so the angel is still going to convince him to be the Michael Sword. Mm-hmm. We've got Cass, who's essentially a fugitive now. He's on the run. Mm-hmm. But also, he's just been like, nope. Yeah, Cass just noped out. <laughs> like, so you laughed a lot early. So maybe this is exactly where it happens. And he's just like, I'm not going to show up for a couple of episodes. Yeah. They ask me a question. If I give them, like, two weeks to get over it. They'll forget. They'll yeah. forget. They're humans. Silly, like, silly humans silly with their humans. short memories. Oh, I feel like we might get Becky back again next episode. Oh, okay. It feels weird to, like, introduce Becky to not. She was really only in, like, two scenes. Yeah. It feels like there are other ways they could have... If they just needed a way to get the information from Chuck to the brothers. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but I just realised we probably should mention this. Obviously, we talked earlier about how Chuck is was influenced by the angels. Chuck also tried to get around their censorship by telling Becky to tell the brothers the thing. Yeah. But we also know that the angels needed the brothers to find this out. So yeah. also, Chuck has not been able to evade them at all because... They let him get the message yeah. out. I just wanted to point that yeah. out there because but, you if, know, if it was yeah. just for plot reasons and they just needed to get this message from Chuck to Becky, mm-hmm. there are easier ways to do it than introducing a character. It feels odd that they'd introduce Becky if her entire purpose was like to like be a carrier pigeon, essentially. to basically be a carrier pigeon of message. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like there is going to be more Becky. More Becky. Okay. I feel like they're not just randomly introducing her for no reason. Mm-hmm. I hope it is supernatural, so. <laughs> 50-50. The title doesn't give you much. No, I think the title gives me literally nothing, mm-hmm. and I think based on what this episode was, I think I'm just expecting a continuation. Just straight up, like, we're just continuing with the plot. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, a specific, like, monster or a hunt mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think we're going to have to deal with the ramifications of at least of some of this four. shit. You kind of answered this already, but do we think we're getting cast next episode? No, I think he's going to be a little bitch. He's like, they need at least six business days to get over this bullshit. Yeah. And that just about does it for today's episode. If you wanted to get in touch with us in any way, shape or form, you can always hit us up on any of our socials. All the links are in the description below. If you did want to come and have a chat, any possible topics for conversation could include... Oh, what do you think about Becky? Uh, Specifically her introduction. Because we seem to be in two slightly different camps. Like, they're next-door neighbours, but they're still different camps. Yeah, let us know what you think about Becky. If you want to talk about future stuff, just make sure you yeah. keep it spoiler-free for Jamie. There's, I mean, there's a whole bunch to talk about in this yeah. episode. Let us know what you think about Lucifer. I Do you ever spot Dean's theme? Yeah. Because I never do. 
I was like, I was so proud of myself. I'm like, this seems like a moment where they'd use Dean's theme. I'm going to listen to the music and then, like, question Beth and just confirm that it wasn't wasn't even fucking Dean's theme. I'm so sorry. All of your effort wasted. The fact that you try try so hard is very... I appreciate it greatly. (laughs) Anywho, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we will have you back next week for Season 5, Episode 2. Good God, y'all. Bye!